I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Billboard Sharpie Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard Senior Director of Charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. And with us this week, Andrew Unterberger, Senior Editor at Billboard.com. Uh, we've all studied. This is our midterm chart report card for the first half of 2019. So no nightmares about this podcast leading up to it that you were, you were here and you weren't prepared. Uh, t- too many other uh, work-related stressors to, to let this one really get in the... Uh, any screen time, so don't right. worry about that. So uh, we're going to be looking back at uh, biggest uh, trends, stories, artists, songs, uh, any angles so far here in 2019 at the halfway point. Uh, here we are, the first week of July. So uh, we're going to be assigning grades as well for how people did. Are you, are you comfortable with the idea of putting a mark on it, Gary? You seem a little, little hesitant. <laughs> Gary's more of a discussion. You know, he's like, he's like one of the, he'd have the class where it's like more of a discussion-based thing. So, yeah, and do you prefer the reviews that don't have a numerical or, or letter grading along with them, Gary? You prefer to just kind of dig into the text a little bit? I just like to bring joy to everybody. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, so Gary's going to do like That's a whole pass-fail, everybody pass. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah. Or, or maybe just, uh, just, you know, available extra credit assignments for those who found their own grades to be unsatisfactory. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So heads up, maybe the way this will happen is um, we'll go around. Everybody has prepared a list of, of topics on, on those things, on trends or certain artists like Gary mentioned who have made some impact in some way in 2019. So um, I guess we can each just bring one up. Uh, you know, I guess the first person can kind of give their, give their take on it. And um, we'll have three opinions and then we'll, we'll give the grades at the end of that particular topic. So I guess I'll start things off as, ooh, only I can. Okay. And in the bad times I fear um let's see the first thing in 2019 that crossed my mind as something worth bringing up is is more on the trend cycle i'm very interested to see i call them vintage pop stars at this point they're not really vintage but we throwback pop stars yeah something and gary in particular has been a big fan of this this analogy comparing the 2009 pop stars to 2019. So many of them have uh, 
made big impacts this year. Obviously, we've seen Lady Gaga keeping up with the stars born as of last year, but even Jonas Brothers, Katy Perry, Miley Cyrus, Taylor Swift, all back in action this year. So instead of doing them all individually, maybe we'll break out a couple right now. What do you what do you give the overall class of 2009 slash 19 in terms of the return of the vintage pop star? Well, I don't know if we can give an A plus because there's no 303 and there's no IS. Years only have. I was going to say no Pitbull. No, I, I don't. I don't know where they're they're keeping him in cold storage. But uh, you know, it's about time for 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 a Pitbull reunion. Pitbull, yeah, Pitbull uh, Renaissance. I think. Uh, yeah. No, it's been a great year for uh, not just artists who had big uh, 2009s or, or even the, uh, that part of uh, end of the decade, beginning of this decade, but uh, just pop music in general. We've talked about uh, what a great year pop music has had and uh, yeah, no small part because of uh, the Jonas Brothers return, Lady Gaga being number one, Katy Perry and Taylor Swift back with new hits and uh, having made world peace. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, also uh, – This is – Israel and Palestine could <laughs> never. Uh, but also – even someone like Ava Max with a song like Sweet mm. But Psycho. Uh, Honorary 2000. Yeah, it's almost like uh, she somehow channeled uh, that era, brought it into 2019. So I guess I'll give an A to 2009 and 2019. I'll give it a B. I, I think uh, it's been a relatively strong showing for most of those artists. But I don't know that we've gotten – you know, unless you want to count Shallow, which is really I consider more of a 2018 holdover that just happened to peak in 2019. And Sucker, which is – Almost difficult to think of in 2009 standards because it's so different than what the Jonas Brothers were doing a decade ago. It's, 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 a, it's definitely a grown-up version of the group. Uh, aside from those songs, I don't know that we've really gotten the kind of radio classics that we've come to associate with 2009, the kind of uh, just undeniable pop bangers that uh, live on radio forever and still get played at weddings and, I don't know, middle school dances or whatever. Uh, those, those, that's really what I associate 2009 with. I'm not sure we've gotten a ton of those yet. Uh, and maybe you know, the, the radio this summer will bear out a couple of them into that, to that next level. But for now, it's, it's, it's a good showing and it's a strong showing. I think stronger than probably a lot of people would have anticipated. But I'm not, I'm not putting it back on that 2009 level just yet. So I'm not gonna, I'll say B for that. All right, I want to give it a B plus because I think if you kind of try to average out what everybody's doing, <laughs> the J, well, not, not, you, not, not you two, but just... A lot of those acts in particular. I think the Joe Bros definitely are the top of that pack um, just in the sense of – I mean even just the fact that A, I guess they even got back together because I'm sure that a lot of people saying you know, maybe in 2019 no one's really – you, you know, no one's really going to think twice about you guys. I'm sure there were some naysayers and all that kind of thing. So the fact they even got back together despite you know, a lot of the personal – um, problems that they they seem to go through in the documentary, but then on top of that, to have yeah the number one debut with the song, the number one debut with the album, sold so many tickets with that tour bundle that you know not only are people you know willing to just check out the music, but also pay good money to go see these guys in live arenas. I mean that that to in itself is like even even in 2018, if you'd have told me this was going to happen the next year, I would have been like, there's no way that's going to work, no way, no way, no way, no way. Um, but I think kind of to Andrew's point. Th- this seems to be more of a song, an individual songs trend. We've seen Katie come back with a good song. We've seen the Joe Bros have the number one hit. Gaga, obviously, yeah, hold over. Um, the Joe Bros might be the ones with the album, but I think there needs to be a little more than just a couple songs to make me feel like that, you know, this is this is really the kind of comeback that 
people are expecting are going to be talking about. So, so I said uh, Pitbull. What, what artist from two, what 2090 or artist would you like to most see come back in 2019, Trevor? Um, uh, oh, these on the spot questions. Well, we'll eat up five minutes with this. Um, gosh, Andrew, you're killing me. Let me think. 2000. Okay, well, it doesn't have to be exactly no, 2009. Yeah, I, don't, like, I don't know if the Jonas Brothers had an outmount 2009. Fair. Um, who would I most like to see come back? Who was hot around then? Um. Some some someone who you sort of associate with that time period for whatever reason. Mm, okay. Um and who maybe hasn't been as hot in, in recent years. Okay, I'm gonna say then somebody who I really enjoy. Her career kind of has had this little it's it's got this little roller coaster to it when you look at the timeline. I'm gonna say Kelly Clarkson. Okay. I really uh I mean I think obviously her voice is is fantastic, but I think I don't know. I think she can kind of navigate. She's not nearly as sort of moody, I guess, if you want to call it as Halsey. And maybe her backstory isn't as, you know, got as many channels to it. But I feel like she can kind of play that that card where she's not, you know, I mean, like since you've been gone and those kind of like, I guess you want to call them pop punky songs. Like, I feel like there's still a good place for them for people who, you know, kind of hit, hit, does hit that middle ground between some of the moodier R&B inspired um, Ariana Grande, Halsey kind of stuff, but also has that pop element that if you want that Panic at the Disco, if you want mm-hmm. just that big, loud, thumping thing, the I think Kelly thing. can kind of, you know, like, find that middle lane. Gary, you're still holding out for 303? I was going to say, I want the Glee cast <laughs> to come back. Drake is, oh, wow. Reunion, Drake is coming for their record for most of uh, 100 hits. They just, that that some would of them be great. What a, specific, <laughs> you know, what a specific reason for them to come back. Some of them just uh, reunited just on the spot in L.A. for a little sing-along uh, recently, so... Time is now. Yeah, some kind of reason to do it. All right, I'll go. Uh, another artist who actually was uh, really big in 2009, having a big 2019, Miley Cyrus. And what the the topic I'll I'll, I'll give here, I guess I'll give uh, I'm an easy grader. I'll give an A uh, for not just the Reznor songs. Did I say that right? The Trent. Yeah, that was, was going to be my first one, but uh, that's, uh, that's, well, all, that's all right. That's all right. Not, not only that, but uh, this the, how specific it is to Trent Reznor songs being brought back and reworked by various Cyruses. So obviously, Old Town Road with uh, Billy Ray Cyrus and Lil Nas X, but now this new On a Roll. Uh, single by Miley Cyrus as Ashley O. So who would have predicted that one of the key trends, uh, I guess it's a trend at this point, for 2019 would be Nine Inch Nails songs being completely made over by members of the Cyrus family. I'll throw a third one in there too. Uh, Five Seconds of Summer is Easier uh, was was uh, said by the band members to be inspired by the uh, the production and drum beat of Closer by Nine Inch Nails. But there's no Cyrus. There's no Cyrus. No, I suppose in terms of the Cyrus crossover factor, now that, that that one doesn't apply, but uh, still, like three three big uh, pop hits, uh, notably inspired. And I've I've also long personally theorized that uh, Billie Eilish is a sort of a descendant of, of the Nine Inch Nails uh, coaching tree. So right, it's uh, that moody rock that kind of has infused yeah, well, 2019. So it's maybe kind of, not... kind of futuristic production yeah. and sort of hard edge lyrics. It's uh, it's 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 an interesting moment. Yeah. So so Trent Reznor is, is really the the topic there, not Miley Cyrus. I want to be in mostly, Gary's class, man. I mean, like, you just show up getting A. 
Well, that, that's that's a that's a hard day for me, Gary. Uh, this is this is definitely my favorite thing that that, that uh, has has randomly percolated up in pop music in 2019, and I I encourage it in all facets and all formations, and I hope it only continues into the, the rest of the year to come. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you can't give this an A, just because I mean, if nothing else, no one no one was expecting this to happen, and the fact I mean, the fact that it's not only happened once but twice, and I guess to Andrew's point, three times, um, is either. Somebody has stumbled upon this catalog for the first time deep down at some record label and really got this back in action. Or, I mean, do you, I guess, do you have any thoughts about why in particular, like Nine Inch Nails songs or is that just, I don't know. Oh, I mean, we, we, had a, we had a freelancer who wrote a, bit, a little bit about this a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I don't know if there's a specific reason uh, as much as it is just, you know, the Nine Inch Nails were always kind of ahead of their time to begin with. Uh, you know, that they were blending rock music with a lot of like electronic factors and some kind of hip hop beats. And so it's, it's, it's not super surprising to see that their music kind of like is more relevant to a 2019 sound than like a band like Pearl Jam or Smashing Pumpkins that were relatively just straightforward rock by comparison. And, you know, they, they, you know, they, they sang a lot about anxiety and depression and you know that they were they were very uh very you know, very very, uh, very emotionally open topics. uh yeah so uh so you know it, it, it's not surprising that it sort of uh, still speaks to the younger generation and uh you know there were just a lot of dope songs out there from the, the nine inch nails catalog and uh and uh you know songs that are still kind of edgy and subversive and uh, they, they really kind of make the leap from the late 80s and early 90s to the, to, to the late to late teens in a way that a lot not a lot of music from its time does so it's not it's 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 surprising, but it's not shocking to me. And even for the Billy Ray Cyrus tie-in in his country past, uh, one of the best remakes maybe ever was uh, Johnny Cash's cover of Nine Inch Nails. Hurt. Sure. So there is already a history of Nine Inch Nails having uh, Ningo's these connections. country. Yeah, yeah absolutely. To, yeah, to, to country. It's it's a random one for 2019, but it, it, it's one that's made this year a lot more interesting. I think. All right, so am I going next? Yeah, you're up. I saw the light in a sunrise sitting back in a 40 on the muddy riverside getting baptized in holy water and shine with the dogs running. All right, so uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, speaking of country music, let's let's talk a little bit about some of the, the country songs that have been, been sort of unexpectedly successful on streaming and, and crossing over to the Hot 100 into the sort of top quarter, top tier uh, in ways that we haven't seen in country in a little while, you know, it's, it's sort of been—I don't know if you want to say slim pickings in terms of uh, country music, sort of crossing over to top, not not just to the top forty, but to the top twenty and the top ten, and 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 being a factor on Spotify and Apple Music in in a way that we don't really think about with country. I think country is kind of a radio genre, maybe like a, a digital download genre, but uh, historically it's been slow slow uh, slow to be embraced by streaming audiences. But this year, you're seeing uh, you know, uh, between uh, Blake Shelton's God's Country, Morgan Wallen's Whiskey Glasses, and, and pretty much everything that Luke Combs puts out, you're seeing those songs kind of taken off in, in, in ways that maybe maybe sort of implies that the country is finally catching up to streaming or, or maybe, maybe they're, they're finding some sort of the secret sauce that they hadn't previously. Uh, so I, mean, I think it's cool. I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's sort of overdue and it, it's, it's good to see that you – know, I'm, I'm all about – Streaming being a little bit more sonically diverse for a long time, it was only seemed to be hip hop and dance music that was sort of uh, making up the top tier of the, the, the streaming charts and, and really taking off on Spotify. I'd like to see more country, rock, pop, uh, you know, R and B, traditional R and B uh, getting embraced, and it, it's it's cool to me to see that that, that country sort of finding its foothold there. Uh, so I'll give that like a like a B plus, and it's, especially because I think a couple of those songs, uh, particularly uh, "God's Country" by Blake Shelton, are pretty weird and interesting songs. So, so what do you guys think about that? Um, well, I'll say I think one of the 
the the key things for me about that is, you know, we had seen some songs crossover that had been country before. Probably the best examples are the ones that broke so many records on the country charts uh, about it, like a back road in the past couple mm-hmm. of years meant to be, which I know some people will say it's, you know, f- maybe a 51, 49 percent split if you want to, you know, mix Between it with the pop genre. Pop, yeah. yeah. Okay. But the thing, the fact that, you know, those those songs essentially had a lot of elements that made them ripe for crossover. Obviously, B.B. Rexa, big pop star in a way. Florida Georgia Line is, you know, pretty pop group in themselves body like a back road i mean we talked you know so much about sam hunt and, and the hip-hop influence you got the little dj mustard hey hey hey, whatever sorry hey 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 is not you know but the little like you know uh, you know uh, yeah thank you i'm not gonna do that i'm i you know that's why but i appreciate that you could do that. that um that sound gets an a for 2000 <laughs> that's yeah that's an a plus sound effect extra credit but the fact that yeah when you have somebody like a blake shelton or a luke combs who is not as accessible to a pop audience or or doesn't have some of those kind of um, ingrained, you know, tricks or whatever that'll make the song more digestible to pop audiences. That, to me, shows that that country is really starting to move towards that that uh, that peak where it's not just the... Or, or move to the point where a lot of those core, solid country artists who, who you mentioned, people think of them as just album artists or as radio songs artists. They can move into this new tier, too, and it's not just, you know, a, a, a frontier horizon for the new generation... So I think that to me, I mean, Luke Combs is not, you know, it's not a Sam Hunt. And Blake there's, there's Shelton nothing particularly is not particularly pop a, about, uh, about Luke Combs. No, I mean, not at all. I mean, I didn't even know Luke Combs. Like when I saw him, I was like, I didn't even know that's what Luke <laughs> Combes looked like. Uh, you know, Just okay. Like guy, yeah. He's a very, like yeah. a very, you know, like homegrown country star. So for me, um, I'm curious to see what that means going forward because it does seem like if other people can do it, you know, why not Luke Bryan on his next album? Why not... Um, I don't know. I mean, even I mean, Tim McGraw kind of got close with Humble and Kind. So hopefully streaming keeps moving in that way and country's finally catching up to that party. So for me, this is uh, because it's still got some room to go. I don't know if it's an A territory, but I think a B, a solid B for sure. Yeah, it's uh, the streaming numbers are gradually uh, catching up. Country's always been a genre that was uh, really uh, ruled by radio airplay. So uh, as country consumers get more comfortable with streaming, we're starting to see uh, people like you mentioned, uh, Andrew, uh, Morgan Wallen, no uh, pop crossover, uh, being in the top 20 of the Hot 100. Same thing with this uh, new uh, Blake Shelton song. At the same time, you have an act like Dan and Shay mm-hmm. that's completely breaking through to the mainstream. So it feels like this has been a real uh, A year for them with uh, First Tequila, now Speechless, which just doesn't sound like a song you'd really expect to hear on Top 40 radio. It's a, it's a Top 40 hit at this point. Uh, totally works. Kind of uh, wonder, I mean, to that point, you know, Dan and Shay managed by Scooter Braun, yeah. who obviously knows you know, how to play the pop circuit and play the streaming circuit. So I wonder if... If you'll see some more of those kind of, if you want to call them collaborations or whatever, but people who who probably have a better sense of the current game trying to help out country artists make that crossover. At the same time, too, it's actually been a good year for a lot of veterans. Uh, George Strait just had a big uh, hit, mm-hmm. his first one in a bit. Sure. Uh, Garth Brooks in. Blake Shelton just had a, a huge debut. debut. Yeah. yeah, with uh, Dive Bar, a uh, good new song from, from, uh, from them. And even uh, Trisha Yearwood, uh, speaking of Garth. Her biggest hit in years with every girl in this town. So, uh, for everybody. yeah, there's kind of a nice mix going on in the country right now. And yeah, maybe the best thing about it is they're not needing to rely on pop crossover. They're just doing well on their own. Just follow after me. Yeah. Gonna do the two step, then cowboy boogie. Grab a sweetheart and spin out with him. Do the hold down and get into it. Take it to the left now and dip. 
one thing that I kind of worry about is, I don't know, I mean, I, maybe it doesn't stifle innovation, but one of the things that I guess would be, that I would think would be kind of nice is if if there is room for people to break out on uh, in the country market through streaming, that could have been a new way to get some some new faces, some new blood into that market. Oh, the, the one guy we haven't talked yeah. about yet is, uh, is Blanco Brown, right? right. I mean, we'll that, that, that's that, that's rising about as fast as any song since 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 you know what other song. But uh, <laughs> you know, so it, it seems like that might be a sort of a viral takeover thing that happens. And we talk about the year end podcast rather than the mid year podcast, but uh, the trajectory of that is pretty uh, pretty impressive so far. And that song hasn't really gone to country radio yet. It's all Jeez, been, it's yeah. been TikTok and YouTube and streaming numbers. I can't wait to see that at the club. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, it could it could have that that crossover where it goes from silly to serious like that. Um, okay, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, actually, pretty timely because today, uh, June 26th, when we're taping this, we got the music video for the song Press by Cardi mm. B. So this is the third, uh, I mean, this is essentially the third Cardi B track of the year. I know Money um, came out last year, but it feels like it's still in the 2019 cycle, performed at the Grammys. We had Please Me with Bruno Mars. Now we've got Press. So this is, you know, Cardi's real first taste of her own stuff consistently since we had Invasion of Privacy. So we don't know if there's necessarily an album coming with these tracks or what they're all going to lead to. But what do we think about Cardi 2.0? Well, it's interesting. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like this new song in particular is really kind of capturing the imagination the way all of her other uh, big hits have. And money was sort money was sort of the same thing in that it, it didn't. I mean, it, it certainly didn't feel like a big pop play. Uh, but it, it was it was just such a like a kind of like a pure Cardi song that it, that it made sense on radio. And I think it was number one in R and B radio for like what like. 10, 11 weeks, no, something like that. Nine, yeah. Nine, all right. Uh, and that's, I mean, like that that didn't even feel like her necessarily on her A game, but it, it still felt, it, I don't know, it still felt exciting and, and, and kind of, you know, it was definitively her and, and, and she just carries such momentum and has ever since she came out a couple of years ago. Uh, but it seems like maybe it's starting to sag a little bit finally. Uh, I, I don't know. Press, I, I liked it, but I don't like as much as money. And it, it also, you know, it doesn't really have like a huge hook. It doesn't really have like a like a major chorus or, or like a particularly interesting beat to it. it it's more just that kind of like force of personality Cardi song, similar to Money, but I think maybe not quite as effective. Uh, and you know, we, we talk about these songs a lot in, the, in our in our like weekly meetings, and you know, kind of pull the room. And it's like, is anybody really excited about this Cardi song? And it doesn't doesn't sound like a lot of people are. So I I don't know. I I still think it's pretty good. I think Please Me is pretty good too, but it wasn't as good as Finesse. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it does seem like maybe she's treading water a little bit at this point. But, you know, Cardi treading water is still like well above most other rappers, most other pop artists, uh, you know, A-game. So I, 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 don't, I wouldn't be worried about her yet, but I'm also not going to give her an A. I think it's just, she's sort of at a you know, B, B minus level for the year so far. Could give her an incomplete. An incomplete too, yeah. sure. There, there's, there's room still to, to make up for it. Yeah, I would say uh, until the album comes out, I feel like uh, treading water is one way to say it, but just uh, seems like in this new era where you can, uh, in the old days, you just wouldn't have anything out between albums. This is just now how Axe uh, put out songs. Drake, we just saw mm-hmm. with these two uh, new singles that he put out. Uh, yeah, it kind of seems like we're we're just kind of getting some, I don't know, throwaway is the word, but just some extra cuts from her. And I think once the album comes along, and even if any of these recent singles are on there, I feel like that's when we'll get a much better gauge of uh, really where she is at this point. Yeah, I mean, this was interesting because I know a lot of people had, had rumored that one or two of those songs were going to be, you know, repackaged onto Lux version of Invasion of Privacy, and that kind of would have, you know, 
I guess, change the narrative in a way versus if these are like the lead singles from the next album. Um, but I think, yeah, Andrew, I, th- I think is essentially right. Um, I mean, the weirdest thing, I guess, to me is that the 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 dichotomy that Cardi settled into at radio versus streaming is is pretty interesting because, at least with these songs, massive radio hits. Um, I mean, Money was nine weeks to number one. Please Me had, I think, 11 yeah, weeks right after that. More than that. half a year so far. Like, well, over more than half the year so far. Yeah, so, I mean, just just 20 weeks in a row by herself, and I get well with Bruno <laughs> too. If you you know, we'll be fair, but yeah, it seems. But it seems to me like like the cultural buzz and the cultural interest is not is not quite as strong um, as as you know anything from Invasion of Privacy with Bodak or I Like It or you know there's not songs that I that I hear people playing around in the neighborhood when they're driving down with their windows, you know, blaring songs or whatnot. And and I don't I don't know if that's just if it's just a little Cardi fatigue if people feel like because she's really put out. I mean very consistently music i don't think she really has had a break since she started so um yeah i mean i'll, I'll give gary the point of you know when we hear the album and, and who knows what right these songs could be like rihanna's 2015 singles and just be three kind of you know tracks she wanted to put out and the whole album goes in a different direction and i'm not gonna you know it's not nearly time to to get worried about Cardi's career, much to the chagrin of, I guess, maybe some hardcore Nicki Minaj fans. <laughs> but yeah, this is, I think definitely, I think people, based on what Cardi's 2018 was, I think people probably would have expected these to do better and probably been more top of mind in 2019. Um, so I got to go, hmm, if I have to put it on, I mean, maybe, yeah, B minus, maybe C plus even. Uh-huh. Is that too low? Is that too low? <laughs> I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I guess for press in particular, I know a lot of people, I guess the thing is like people were so excited for press to come out and it didn't land in that same way. And I think that kind of is, is in some ways like the narrative, like well, people she, she's are so hype, people are yeah, ready. She, she's so good at kind of corralling that hype and, yeah. and building it up that, you know, you, you're, at that point you sort of have to deliver a, kind of a knockout to just to live up to it. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think anyone's calling it a flop necessarily, but it's, well, people probably call it a flop, people call everything a flop, but uh, it, it's it's not... You know the 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 the, uh, the the package didn't live up to the uh, the expectations really there. Yeah, and I and I mean I guess you know if we want to put the caveat, this is you know a lot of this is based on the chart performance. This isn't. I'm not trying to hate on Cardi or just you know say she shouldn't put out any tracks. I mean I get it. Put out tracks if you like making music, that's what you do. <laughs> but but I will say you know I guess based on 2018, I think people thought you know she was only going to go up and up, and this is this is a little bit of a roadblock for. Her. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
All right, I'm going to give up my first, I guess, bad grade to genres overall. Genres. Genres. Trying to figure out genres in, in 2019. There were no genres this year. It's, it just keeps going. Yeah, uh, more, more in that direction. Obviously, we know uh, the big one uh, this year that uh, there's been a lot of discussion about, uh, Full Time Road. But uh, just even look at these recent, I was thinking about it even more, these recent Marshmallow singles where mm. you just have no idea who he's going to collaborate with at this point from uh, churches. Okay, because they, they have a pop uh, alternative uh, feel. But Kane Brown. Uh, again, uh, country, sort of, this song. It's got dance elements. But then A Day to Remember, which is just Strictly. a total hard rock band. Yeah. And it really works. So he just finds this way to uh, make his sound feel pretty organic. Uh, but that's just one example we keep seeing uh, uh, just everybody working together to the point where I know in the charts department uh, we're having uh, more discussions about what genres these songs fit under. And it just uh, – Continues the trend we've been saying for a while now that as people grow up in an iTunes and a YouTube era and people creating music more on laptops than in garages, uh, it just continues to all be one one big pot of sounds and uh, specific genres and the way people used to grow up listening to one specific radio station maybe. All of that is just uh, going by the wayside a little bit more here in 2019. And, and as, as, a, uh, as an alum of, of genre radio, does that, uh, does, does that hurt you a little bit, Gary? Do you feel sort of a, a twinge of nostalgia for the, the sort of genre bifurcated moment of, of popular I, music? Or, uh... I, I mean, I think it was always in some ways a little overstated because yeah. I never uh, – I'm, I'm a pop AC guy, but I, I never listened to just that. I'll, I'd, I'd always flip around to top 40 and uh, country and different genres. So I, I think that was always a little – it's a little bit of a simplistic way to put it. Uh, and radio is always uh, still going to go towards a specific sound for what each genre is. So uh, there's that. But um, yeah, it's certainly not not as clear cut as it used to be. Yeah, and to me, I like I I I grew up with uh, with MTV as kind of my primary radio station, and that that was sort of the same thing. Especially uh, I don't know in the, in the '90s when you know it was. It was when they were still playing rock music, but they they'd also you know the the, the racial the racial prejudices that had kind of uh, filtered out rap and R and B early on in their days that those had sort of dropped too. So they're playing they're playing rock, they're playing rap, they're playing R and B and pop and dance and all that. And so I that that was sort of the original like uh, you know all pop music under one umbrella uh, idea to me. But yeah, like it, it does seem like twenty uh, something years later, it's getting harder and harder to, to to view music through the lenses of these kind of strict genres and. You know, some artists are, are you know battering down the walls intentionally, and some of them are just kind of almost doing it by accident. And uh, you know, ten years, who knows what the genre charts are going to look like, or even we're even going to still bother to having genre charts. It's it's a it's a, it's a brave new world out there. I give I give points, uh, good grades to anyone who finds that creativity, because uh, I feel like for years, uh, maybe artists uh, either thought on some level or were told that this this is uh, these are the unspoken rules of how to make music, and music moves forward when when it changes form. So I'm um, I'm good with that. Should we talk a little bit about the, uh, the kind of the, the, the viral breakout rap class of 2019? Talk about uh, the baby, Blueface, and, and Lil Nas X, and even even Lizzo, uh, who sort of unexpectedly, after uh, three or four years of being an underground favorite, is now suddenly on her way to seemingly being one of the the, the big uh, the big pop stars of the moment. Uh, you know, the, the, the you know it hasn't necessarily been the biggest year for rap superstar, like at the superstar level of rap music. You know, we've been talking like the Cardi hasn't necessarily come out the same way that she has. Post Malone was pretty big at the start of the year, but you know, the, it's just sort of a song at a time for him. And and 
no, no real album on the horizon there. We, you know, Drake sort of popped his head in recently, but otherwise he hasn't been present the same way he was in 2018. Haven't heard from Kendrick Lamar, only just heard from Nicki Minaj. Uh, so it's, it's sort of been kind of a slow year when you're talking about those, those rap albums that come out and just sort of stop the world for a week or two. But we've gotten some pretty interesting kind of first tastes from, from some of these newer rappers. Maybe it's a transition year. Maybe it's a, a year for sort of a new blood to kind of make their, their way in the game. And, uh, I think I think it's resulted in some great hits. I think you know, uh, "Shug" by the Baby is just hit the top ten. Now it's number one on R&B radio. I think that's one of the most interesting pop songs of the year. Uh, Tatiana earlier in the year uh, certainly that that was a moment. Uh, and then obviously the, the big the biggest song of the year so far, uh, "Old Town Road." Uh, and you know now now he's got uh, Lil Nas X got the seventy P out now, and I think you know opinions seem sort of split on on whether that's that's going to establish him as a star or whether that's just sort of. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just sort of, you know, not not like a cash-in, but just just uh, sort of coasting on the moment. And he'll sort of figure out who he is as an artist later in his life. But uh, I, th- I think it's been a pretty exciting year for rap music kind of on, on that, that level below. And you can throw in uh, throw, throw Megan Thee Stallion, too, uh, who uh, hasn't really had that one huge hit yet, but is, is sort of building up that cult. And, you know, she's got the hot girl summer thing going on. And, you know, it's, it's just an interesting year for new faces in rap, I think. So I'll, I'll give that a like a like a B plus, maybe an A minus. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I'm a big fan of this, and I think kind of one of the things that that may get lost in this class of viral rap stars is I feel like last year and the year before, I mean, we we talked so much about you know the SoundCloud rappers and who was breaking out. Um, I mean, most some of them like did do sort of I don't know if you want to call it traditional rap at this point, but you know we talked so much about how a lot of them were, were singing and they're melancholy and you know a lot of the beats on a lot of those albums are you know they're they're using pianos or guitars and it wasn't sort of you know what you think of when you just think of stereotypical hip hop for for example and you know a song like Suge or what Megan the Stallion is doing like that sort of returned to to form in some ways that mm-hmm. i think you know was missing from the past couple of years and the people who were doing that weren't necessarily able to sustain it in the way that now it's back to being acceptable. And maybe that's just part of the, you know, maybe that lines up nicely with, you know, the pop rise where people are, you know, back to to some degree just wanting to have fun or, you know, just, just clown out a little more rather than be all in their feelings all the time. So I think that element of it I think is really interesting. Like I don't know if a song, I mean, I don't know if a song like Suge would have been a hit a year or two ago in that same kind of way. Um, I mean, I certainly don't know if Megan The Stallion would have been able, I mean, really without maybe Cardi B kind of knocking that door down and Megan Thee Stallion would have been received in the same way that she, that she has been. So I like that element of it, that it seems like, you know, um, we love the morose kids. We love, we love, you know, we love (laughs) being down. Yeah. We love, we love honesty and feelings, but I'm glad that the turn up crew and, you know, I mean, you know, people wanted to get back and, you know, stab you and shoot you and, you know, black, <laughs> brag about how much money <laughs> they got God, yeah. and chains and everything that that's back in style. So we missed that. You yeah, know? No, I, 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 well, I don't know if I want to agree with that specifically, but I agree with the general <laughs> sentiment behind it. Uh, and it's funny because, uh, you know, there was that, uh, that, that YK Osiris song worth it that was sort of bubbling up earlier in the year. And, and I, I thought that was going to kind of be like the next big moment uh, yeah. in terms of like, you know, the, the song we call it SoundCloud rap or emo rap or whatever, or just, just emotional kind of, kind of 
hybrid R&B rap music. But it never really quite took off the same way. It never quite kind of got over that hump. And I, it's been like, yeah, it's kind of like like settled in that 20s, yeah. 30s, like where it's consistent but not really gaining. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do sort of wonder if, if the moment of, of that of that kind of song being like the crossover sound of, of rap music is sort of, I don't know if it's over, but it's, it's definitely taken a little bit of a break. And, and yeah, we do kind of have these turn-up songs, these sort of more party anthems that – they don't necessarily feel like throwbacks in their sound, but maybe in their feeling, it feels like a little bit more familiar to to the, the sort of pop rap crossovers that we're used to maybe. And I think like at the same point, like the Lakel Wrong song, I thought that was going to be really driven by that meme. But yeah, kind of in that same vein is worth it. It's positive. It didn't quite happen. Yeah, I think uh, Lizzo uh, is just a breath of fresh air musically. You guys think that that's at all changing uh, rap going forward for the rest of the year. I know we've seen a lot of this uh, singing, rapping hybrid, but uh, she just brings a, a fun element, a, a comedic element to it. Or is it just this is this is Lizzo and she's she's one of a kind. I hope it does. I hope it doesn't. And I say that only because really to me, like Lizzo is the only person that can do Lizzo style. Like I don't want to see a bunch of Lizzo imitators out there, you know. And and the, the, the worst th- part about that probably is, you know, it would be easy to make a character of that, you know, just a big black woman out there, you know, loud and ma- you know, mouthing off. Yes, the flute. Maybe you can't play the flute, but so I really hope that people don't. I mean, I hope people are inspired by that and, accept, and and like it and accept it. But I don't need everybody thinking they can go out there and do that. And I mean, to that point about Andrew's making that Lizzo, you know, it's it's so funny. I think with Truth Hurts because. The song came out two years ago, and I think most people probably know that by now that it's an older song. But, I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, a song meeting a moment, the fact that it was picked up for that Netflix show, and it fits right in 2019, the way that it would not have fit in in the 2017, you know, Despacito, Wild Thoughts, Mm -hmm. That's What I Like kind of era. I mean, it just, it would have been a little too, maybe a little too goofy, maybe a little too, just, just, I don't know, it just wouldn't fit in musically. And I think, um, I mean, the fact that it, you know, everything, everything, I guess, happens for a reason. And the fact that it was delayed 24 months, I mean, look at it now. You know, performing on the BET Awards, she was on the MTV Awards this week. And so the fact that she's getting those type of mainstream spots, you know, beyond just the chart recognition and, and her fans really waiting for this and playing sold out arenas, but getting getting a lot of those national spots so quickly where we know a lot of times, you know, the dichotomy between sort of what's popular and for kids and what's popular with network executives and sort of what's put on TV and those kind of things can be such a such a gap between them. This is this is all lining up probably way nicer than anyone could have expected. The funniest the funniest part of it all to me is that I mean if you had taken the two songs where they kind of removed all context and just played them for you at the beginning of the year, they played you Truth Hurts and they played you Juice. They said one of these two songs is going to be the song that takes Lizzo to the next level, makes her a huge star. She's going to play it on every award show. It's going to be like a top twenty, top ten hit. Uh, which of the, which of those two songs do you think it would have been? I you know okay so the producer's looking at me saying she wants to say Juice. I don't think it's Juice only because to me Juice fits Juice Juice fits in 2013 like with the but, Get Lucky era. With no, because Juice, Juice is a Bruno Mars song. Like Ju- like like Juice is you know you think it's, it's a 24 karat magic cut. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Really? I think it's a little too. Okay. No, I mean the first time I heard that song, I was like, if Bruno Mars was doing this song, it would be number one already. Like it, it, it's it, it was that kind of just like massive kind of catchphrasey, but like instantly hooky pop song that like I. I I feel like that that like if radio just gotten like a taste of that, like it would it would have just skyrocketed from there. And I, I sort of thought that might have happened after Truth Hurts. It might maybe it still will. I mean, it, once once Truth Hurts moment kind of kind of soaked up. 
But the fact that it was this this other kind of like I don't know, not not super massive sounding Lizzo song that you know I mean it took me like five or six times listening to that song to even be able to sort of get a grasp on it. But it just had you know it has a, it has a really good opening line and it, it it's got a good beat to it and I, I and it just kind of caught on. And it just it just sort of proves to me like you can really, you really never know with pop music you, 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 the, the things that seem like the most predictable hits sometimes don't quite catch on and they don't capture the imagination and the songs that, you, that that don't sound like those massive singles sometimes they just they just kind of take off I don't know but that that opening line I think that's just like that's the most like you know meme Instagrammy kind like I feel like well but that, that, that and you're right it, that is pop music in 2019 yeah. but it, it's not it's still not what I reflexively think of as pop music you know like it, when you, you hear like a massive chorus like the juice chorus that to me sounds like you know pop radio forever but but you're right that we do have to kind of recalibrate these days to think that okay maybe it is the sort of thing that can fit in a tiktok challenge maybe that's what pop music is now maybe that's the thing that's going to take off yeah i agree that juice seems like it would have been the safer choice but i can completely see why truth hurts has become bigger i guess i'm only curious too i wonder I don't know, when you have a song like Truth Hurts that really establishes you, and I don't think there's anything quite on the album that that lives up in that same kind of way in, in the sense of, you know, I mean, like, it's not, it's not nothing else on the album is kind of as, as quirky or as, you know, fun or as parodyable or whatever you want to call it as that song. So I wonder what that means for Lizzo going forward because, like, I wonder if people are going to expect more, you know, are they going to think that that is her and she's going to have a challenge and sort of, you know, bringing people to because she's got ballads on the album. She's got, you know, a lot more instrumentation and it's it's more it's way more low key. I mean, if anything, Truth Hurts is the outlier to her album than than, you know, it's more the exception to her album than the rule. So now Liz is a star and now Liz gets to do what she wants and she gets to say who she is and what she sounds like. And and now that people are paying attention, maybe it won't matter so much as to you know whether she's doing big ballads or whether she's doing huge uh, dance pop songs or whether she's doing viral rapids. I, I think now maybe she gets to call her own shot a little bit. Also, one thing, I think she has a, a pretty good back catalog to mine because I mean, good as hell is getting some pickup too now. Oh, is that true? Which is a song from like wow, 2016. That's a... So it feels like, I mean, which is a, which, which, which is in kind of more in the Truth Hurts vein where it's a little more, uh, got a little more personality, a little more attitude to it. So I, I don't know. I mean, I wonder, you know, is, is she going to find more success with that back catalog than, than going forward? What, I mean, what do you do? I mean, a lot of options out there and all good options, but what a what an interesting sort of point for her to be at. I want you out of my head. I want you out of my bedroom tonight. There's a way I can save you. Cause I need to be safe too. I'm no good at goodbyes. We're both acting insane, but you're stopping the change. All right, we're gonna um, again. We're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna switch formats. It's like it's like your exam, you know. You have like a bunch of multiple choice questions, and at the end, we just do a little true false. Just shoot them down the line. It's better than a big essay at the end. That's yeah, that's true. The, like the damn AP tests of my yeah, hate them. Um, no, no shout out to College Board. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna run through. Um, this is more less less trendy, more artists. So um, just want to give a quick question. And Andrew brought up this person. I want to talk about him. Post Malone. What a sneakily surprising year. Sneakily. In the sense, for me, we know how big Post Malone was last year with, with all the singles and everything. But the fact that, you know, these two non-album singles, no album on the horizon, doesn't, you know, doesn't show up on TV shows, doesn't do any of those kind of things. The longevity that both Sunflower and WOW have had in, in the Hot 100. I mean, just up in that upper tier, especially. I mean, Sunflower from the Spider-Man movie. The Spider-Man movie is, you know, it was a big hit. You know, got the Oscar, done and dusted. We're still, here we are in June for a song that came out last year 
song came out last October. What? Yeah, hit the Hot 100 November 3rd is when it hit the Hot 100, number nine. And then Wow, I mean, came out right on, on Christmas Eve. Still very much up there in the top 10. I mean, is is the power of Post, you know, only really second to the power of Drake? Yeah, I feel like this was the year that Post Malone became a, a solid pop star. Uh, wow, went to number one at top 40. Just totally solidified as one of the automatics of pop radio. And it, it also kind of goes back to that. Uh, what genre is he? It's kind of perfect for what uh, pop music is in 2019. Yeah, he's he's got the secret sauce for sure. He 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 knows he he knows the formula for getting on radio, and he 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 gets in and he gets out. Like both of those songs are so short; they're both like under three minutes, I think. And uh, they, they, they 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 he's he's surprised for somebody who never seems to go away for very long. He's surprisingly good at not outstaying his welcome. I do want to clarify one thing real quick. Sunflower, I will always maintain, is a Swaley song featuring Post Malone. It is not a Post Malone song. I know they're technically co-built. You listen to their their their, their catalogs from the last two years and see which which one is a fit more under. And the answer is Swaley. So I mean, yes, I've, I've heard people call it a Post Malone song featuring Swaley. That to me is insulting. Swaley song, but uh, yeah, Post Malone, uh, good work by him. This uh, this this calendar year. Can we just talk? Can we just talk, talk about where we're going before we get lost? I'm not going to name one because I feel like you'll name this person, Andrew. You're your top artist of the year, but. Uh, I'll say Khalid. You talk about people who uh, sort of quietly uh, become so much bigger this year. Uh, a lot of uh, huge moments for Khalid this year. His first number one album on the Billboard 200. Talk has become his highest charting Hot 100 hit as a lead artist. His first number one on his own at uh, Top 40 Radio. But uh, not just on his own. He sort of was making these inroads with Love Lies and then East Side and then that natural progression to having his own huge hit. I thought uh, Better was a great song and uh, now kind of feels like it's in the shadow of Talk. But uh, yeah, it kind of uh, – you don't necessarily think of him maybe top of mind when you think of the biggest pop artist right now. And part of that is uh, where is his home kind of been? It, Sort of seems like he could have, maybe should have been a bigger R&B star at this point. But even RCA Records considers him more of a pop act. So uh, again, I keep saying the same thing with blending genres. And uh, now he's uh, huge at pop. And it just feels like it's been uh, building really nicely to the point where uh, if you step back, I think he's he's really uh, totally at a total high point for him right now. Yeah, I think he is a pop star first and foremost. But but it's been interesting to me to see that the talk has caught on an R and B radio too. I think it's the, the number two R and B song in the country this week, which uh, is probably his first big R and B hit. I think since Location, even which was his first real hit. Uh, but I, I think Khalid is the default sound of pop music right now. I, I, you know, it's, it's that sort of you know kind of blends alternative and R and B and and pop and this, this sort of the same way that Halsey does. I think it's probably it's probably this, the, the midpoint between the two of them is sort of the. Is, is, is sort of the natural mode of pop music in the top 40 at the moment. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, and it, you, you could sort of say pejoratively to say that like it's, you know, it's not really offensive to anybody kind of sort of – he has, he has a very broad appeal and that I think he's sort of been dinged for for now. Maybe not being a little bit more specific in his songwriting and not being a little bit more you know, risk-taking or adventurous in his, in his music. But he's a really good pop songwriter and he's a really good pop performer and he's got a very unique voice. And I, I think, you know, I think pop music is in a pretty healthy place with him sort of as the, as the default option. Yeah, I think uh, kind of nailed it on the point with, with two points in particular. Uh, when, when the album came out, I remember a lot of people, you know, they it, it kind of was like middling reviews in the sense of, yeah, you know, it's 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 good. It's solid. But it's, you know, it's you, you want some more personality or some sort of force behind it. And it's, I guess we're kind of in this weird spot where and maybe this is really I guess it's not necessarily new, but, you know, it's that line between people want something that's like authentic and real and, you know, you get to know the person. 
And at the same time, a lot of people just like want a bop to listen to, you know, and just something that that sounds good. And so it's funny because people are sort of clamoring for Khalid to be more this and that and that. But I mean, especially the returns, I didn't think the album was going to do as well as it has given those initial reviews. But album came out in early April. Here we are, top of July. Album still in the top 10 of the Billboard 200. Talk, like you said, major hit. So so to me, it's like the album in a way overperformed because, like I said, th- those first couple weeks felt like, you know, eh, it's just kind of, it's, it's okay. And I thought it would have a, a strong debut and just kind of settle down from there. But I think Khalid's pe- proving people wrong and, you know, in some ways knows what they want better than what people say that they want. I can write one song that's not about you. Can't What's up, Gary? I, I know you expect me to, to bring up uh, Billie Eilish as my last one here, but I'm going to talk about Shawn Mendes instead. Uh, who uh, Billie does get an A plus. Bill, yeah, Billie Billy is obviously the artist of the year so far. I mean, her. You know, if you want to quibble between her and Ariana Grande, that's fine. But in terms of the artist that defines 2019 for the first half, it's almost certainly Billie Eilish. But uh, Shawn Mendes, you know, he's coming off a year. You know, it was a good year for Shawn Mendes. He had his third album. Uh, I want to say it was the self self titled, right? Yeah. Uh, and you know, he got nominated for for a Grammy, I think, for for Song of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a, had a big hit within my blood. It was on every award show. But the album, you know, in terms of its its chart success, it was probably a little bit of a step back for him. You know, I don't, he he didn't he didn't hit the top ten with any of his singles. Uh, Lost in Japan, I think, kind of underperformed. I think that was a really good song. Uh, and you know, you, you kind of wondered, all right, is this this is the beginning kind of a, of a new phase of Sean's career? Uh, he comes roaring back this year with "If I Can't Have You," which is uh, inspired by my fir- my personal favorite band of the moment, the 1975, uh, and has the the biggest launch of his entire career. Uh, debuts at number two, one of the many songs caught behind the phenomenon that is Old Town Road, uh, and all of a sudden kind of catapults himself back into that that sort of a level of, of, of pop music. And now he might be even doing doing even better with this new song with Camila Cabello, "Senorita." Uh, but I think the song has absolutely major potential, and you know you're just seeing like the you know the pop Twitter stands, they're, 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 they're all the shipping of, of him and Camila, and the video is kind of captivating, and the, the the song really fits in nicely with pop radio at the moment, and it's, it seems like you know I, I've always sort of considered Shawn Mendes to be kind of at the highest level of the second tier of pop stardom. Uh, he's you know he's never quite been that that sort of I don't know mononymic like just like Sean like he's, he's never been like on that level of, you know Gaga or Drake or Taylor or whatever. What an but, interesting way to describe uh, that. It's very accurate, but I never thought of that. Like no? you know people like no one just says I'm going to see Sean. It's like, yeah, it's, no, he's Sean Mendes. Mendes. So yeah. and, and he's he's done very well being Sean Mendes, but yeah, he hasn't reached that kind of like that that iconic level yet. But this this might be the year where he sort of makes his claim for that. It'll be interesting. There's other Shans too. Sean Paul, Sean sure. Combs, Sean Carter. Sean, yes, I'm going to see Sean. Sean who? <laughs> oh, Sean Combs, Sean Carter. Yeah, you, you better known S. as Jay Z. <laughs> yeah. One, I, I guess uh, we'll say artist trend that we didn't talk about. Uh, I mean, Little Nas X, we we kind of danced around him for sure a little bit. We talked about Old Town Road, how big that was. Uh, but I mean, really, the whole like with Blanco Brown and even you look at like a Tiger goddamn video. The Yeehaw agenda is really taken off in 2019 in a way that if you want to say, I guess for me, it's like 2018 was where the melding of of hip hop and rock influence like really came together. Like, I mean, artists like Juice World, like really like a very much on that trend. 2019 very much seems like country is the place where we've now set our sights to take over. You know, I'm just saying, I mean, look, with this Blanco Brown thing, like Andrew said, that's on its way up. Obviously, Lil Nas X has been the talk of, you know, the world for the past couple of months. But even in some of those more subtle ways where 
you know, um, just in, 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 in the style and where the videos are set and what that kind of looks like, you know, uh, I guess Blake Shelton and, and Morgan Wallen and them better watch out because <laughs> we're coming for country. Let's go. Well, dance music's trying to get it in there too. You got, you know, Diplo making country songs now too. It seems like yeah. it's just country is the wave now for whatever reason. Diplo performing at Stagecoach, my God. And then yeah. it makes you wonder also, you know, how a Sam Hunt or some of those artists, uh, I mean, even if Justin Timberlake, you know, sort of tries again with, with his next album. Is it Justin how? Timberlake ahead of his time with Man of the Woods. I, you know, they'll look back and say maybe, maybe yeah, that would have been a 2019. Just, you know, that timing is everything. But uh, all right, that's the last frontier to conquer. <laughs> only other artist I feel like we probably have to mention for 2019 that we haven't, Ariana Grande, who had her biggest hit ever of this year. Uh, maybe because Old Town Road came along and now kind of feels like, oh, oh yeah, that, that was this year for, for Seven Rings. And it started last year, her uh, total ascent to her, her biggest level yet with uh, Thank You Next. But uh, she's been absolutely one of the biggest stories of 2019. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and, and she's sort of it feels almost like she's on a break now, even though she's she's off you know, touring the world. Obviously, uh, you know, still still going through some pretty heavy emotional stuff and, uh, and sort of unenviable circumstances. But uh, yeah, certainly for the first uh, three months of the year, it, it was it was her year, uh, and you know, it, it, she, she started it on top, and she's sort of she's sort of coasting from there. I feel like we might not see a lot from her in in the months to come. I feel like. Uh, you know, if you're not seeing her on that Sweetener World Tour, I think that uh, Ariana might be a little bit out of mind. It seems like uh, the, the singles off that album have kind of run their course for the most part. I don't see her necessarily digging back in to, to really promote any of them further. And you, you even saw that that song Monopoly with Victoria Monet, which I actually thought was a really good song, uh, kind of came and went. Uh, so I, I think maybe, you know, Ariana, you know, she, she, she's had her moment and, and now maybe she's time to kind of recede back into the shadows a little bit, regroup for what comes next. But uh, in terms of that that sort of nine month period in between No Tears Left to Cry and, and Seven Rings kind of raining on the, the Hot 100, she's as big, big a pop star as we've seen, I don't know, in the last 10 years, maybe. And you know, one thing about Ariana, I guess, maybe that with that Charlie's Angels kind of teaser thing well, that she's true, putting yeah. up, maybe, I mean, a lot of her fans thinking she's doing a sound for the soundtrack. So maybe that'll be, and, you know, I know soundtrack songs are not album songs, but maybe that's kind of one one more way to just kind of get involved in that and, Maybe that keeps her going through the summer. Like you said, if you're not seeing her on tour, at least you can still be connected with some new Ariana in some way. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is just a victory lap in a lot of ways. I mean, she, sure. she crushed 2018. Um, and I, I mean, I still, the fact that Seven Rings was number one for eight weeks, I didn't, I would not have guessed that when the song came out. Uh, not that it's not a good song, but there's just, I don't know. It just seems like lead singles get the attention, the momentum and everything else kind of has to play mostly for, for a second. And, uh, I mean, I think that, yeah, at this point, to do what you did, matching the Beatles with one, two, three on the Hot 100, um, winning the Grammy this year, this is, you know, hopefully she's out there enjoying herself because really this is like the year of her career. I'm going to give her four A's, uh, both for her chart performance, and that's how many A's are in Ariana Grande. I was going to say in her name, right? <laughs> it's got to be. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I think that uh, – Basically means class is concluded at this point. I do want to give one uh, absentee notice to uh, one Robin Rihanna Fenty, mm. who apparently is off doing an internship or something. See Trevor after class, Rihanna. But I'm telling you, hopefully she'll be back for uh, this year's final exams in December because we have very much missed her in in, uh, in this lecture and know that she has a hell of a lot to contribute and everyone is very excited to see what she's got to offer. So Rihanna, if you're out there, because I know you're listening to this right now, 
Uh, go ahead and drop our nine. Thanks. <laughs> School's out for summer. <laughs>